do the ordination. And that's pretty much it. Sunday will be a regular service. But 20, on the 28th, we'll have, um, I believe, Pastor Eric's going to come share or Pastor JR. Um, but I know Pastor JR will be here for Saturday night for sure for the ordination. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Amen? All right. Do me a favor if you can. I know your hands are full, but um, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. We're going to start there. I just want to uh, recap real quick. The last couple weeks we started on a journey just going through a season of God's love. Now, if you haven't been here before, we went through a very long season of really laying down the foundation of walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh and really emphasizing what it means to be in the spirit, the life of the spirit, the language of the spirit. Um, we, we learned that the spirit has its own life and its own language that's separate from the carnal nature, right? In the spirit, there's no lack. In the spirit, there's no division. In the spirit, there's no deceit. In the spirit, there's no depression. There's no anxiety. The spirit of God lacks nothing and has everything. And God has made it to where the spirit is the vehicle, the power in which communicates the very will of God to us. And so we have to uh, we have to make sure that when we're walking in the spirit, that we know what it means to be in the spirit, because oftentimes we try to be the ones to walk in the spirit instead of being led by the spirit. And we want to then become a form of godliness lacking the power because now we become religious and we start hanging our good deeds and our practices over the heads of other people. And what used to be a blessing now becomes a burden. And we want to make sure it stays a blessing. So we have to remember that God does not come at us the way we come at us. Can I get an amen for that? So once we laid that out, um, what we've done, because we've really been working on this um, to where that can be an ongoing teaching that layers with the Sunday teachings that God might prompt us to speak, depending on the, you know, the Sunday message and what God is really stirring in, the, in our hearts. So what we've done is we done, we've put together a 12 week walkthrough and we're going to be implementing this um, after the ordination. And we're going to begin to walk on Wednesday nights. We're going to begin to walk through what it means to walk in the spirit and how to avoid walking in the flesh. And we're going to begin to lay that groundwork and we're going to have it be something that people can come to regularly in order to have that constant reminder because it needs to be there. I think out of all the things in Christ that you could really emphasize it's walking in the spirit out of all things, because it's the spirit that convicts, compels, changes. Like I said, you could be in a moment not knowing what to say and the spirit of God give you the words in the very moment. I mean, we need the spirit of God. We do not need the spirit of man. Now, God said, okay, since we've laid this groundwork, because we're coming up on our year anniversary, and since you've laid this groundwork, I want you to begin to show them the totality of my love, not the partiality of my love. The partiality of my love will do one of two things. You'll have the guy on the side of the road with the picket sign. It says, if you don't do this, this, and this, or if you don't stop doing this, this, and this, you're going to go to hell, or this is how you get to heaven. And whether you want to believe it or not, judgment is a form of God's love. So if that person's out on the side of the road, and even though it sounds harsh, the truth in what they're saying is still the love of God, even though they may not be walking in that love. You understand what I mean? The same way goes for the, 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 the comfortable gospel or the... Seeker-sensitive gospel. Well, God loves you. 
Come as you are. Well, if you don't tell them the fullness of that love, that there is a place called hell, and if people don't realize that they're saved from that, then this love isn't real. It becomes a love that by the moment it leaves the pulpit and enters your ear, you've conformed it into a sinful love. And it's no love at all. Because it's not a love that actually convicts you to change. It's a love that encourages you to stay the same. And that is a scary love to be preached about and walking in. So God says, I want the totality of it. I want you to show them both sides, but I want you to do it in truth. See, there's the difference with doing something in love. You'll hear people say this, right? You need to act in love. Well, God's looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So the truth of God in the love of God is what makes the power of God happen. Man, somebody better. You better let I'm going to start preaching, jumping around in a second. You know, I get to sweating when I'm up here, too. So I might get this whole shirt drenched by the end of the service. So we talked about how God's love rules. And that was powerful, right? Especially when we looked in Deuteronomy and we saw God kills and he gives life. God wounds and he heals, right? He, we saw this duality with God. Like he, there's both sides. There's nothing that happens that doesn't happen without his approval. That he is God alone. All of it was weighed out on a scale of time. All of it was measured before anything was created. He was with himself, by himself, through himself, looking at the very end of time. And he took it all in consideration and he said, the cost is great. We're going to lose many lives. There's going to be many that I'm going to have to send to this place that I don't want to send them. There's going to be a great cost. But look at the reward. I can call many my sons and daughters. And the reward is greater than the cost. And he said, you know what? Let's do it. And that's why we're here. But all of it, Satan, sin, evil, death, sickness, all of it was before God. And he put his stamp of, of approval on saying, we need to let this happen. And if you don't think that's the truth, then you don't know him. You have to realize that there's no one before him, no one besides him. And in Deuteronomy, when it says, I kill and I give life, you have to take that literally. So you can either hate him for it or you can love him for it. Because only those who are still dead hate him. It's a hard truth. But if you're alive, you rejoice in that. He pulled back the veil. He gave you eyes to see. Amen. All right. Then we went through how his love separates. That there's no separation in the spirit of God because there's no division in the spirit of God. But his love separates you from the world. And there's this divide now where you're in it, not of it. Right. You no longer think how you used to because your mind has been transformed. Right. And now it's you're separated from who you used to be. And you're now united from who he is. And so there's this separation that happens in God's love. And a lot of times we want to heavily lean on the unity of God's love. But the problem, again, marry that message with the love, the seeker sensitive love message. And now you're saying, hey, don't judge me. Well, can I give you some truth? We're already judged. There's no such thing as me getting up and being able to put a, a judgment on you. You're already judged. If you don't have Christ, you're already cursed. 
in Christ, the curse is lifted. So the judgment's there. It's not something I can institute. Somebody say, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I'm just thankful I got eyes to see it. So this, this week, we're going to talk about how to war in God's love. That this love that rules and this love that separates. Now, as we pass through this life, if God grants another day, which there's not a single person in this room, on this planet, listening online, there's not a single person who doesn't hope that tomorrow will come. Right? In and of yourself, you're hoping tomorrow comes as a person. But in Christ, you have a split because you know he's coming again. And if you really have the eternal hope, you say, amen. Can't wait. Wish it was today. Wish it was now. Crack the sky. Let the trumpet blast. Come, Lord, come, because I can't wait to lay eyes on you. And if you have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, you're saying that you are. But then. You can't just say that alone. You don't get to stay in that because you're still in the world. So even though you have this celebration like, Lord, come, Lord, come. I can't wait to see you come today. You also in the same breath. You're saying, don't come. Because my, my father, my, my brother, my, somebody needs you still. And so you're torn inside as a true believer because you're excited about the reuniting of you and your father, but you're torn because you don't want him to come too soon. And so even though you know he'll be right on time, even though you tell yourself that, there's still a, there should be a turmoil in you for those that don't believe. And that should compel you to preach the gospel. Amen. So we're going to talk about today how we war in God's love. This love that is so complex yet so simple. It's so hard, but it's so easy, you know. And there's a weaponry that he gives us in order to navigate this life, to do one of two things. First, to keep you on the straight and narrow. To keep you on the path, he gives us these weapons. It starts with you. You could never war on behalf of someone else if you don't know how to war on behalf of yourself. Did you catch that? You can't war on behalf of someone else if you haven't learned how to war on behalf of yourself. Because how can you give them what you haven't gotten? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, and I just want to just debunk something right now. I feel the quickening of the Holy Spirit. I don't know who this, this is for. I don't know, who again, who's listening online or who's here. But I, I have a quickening right now. This is not a lecture. This is not a classroom setting. This isn't a person telling you what to do. This isn't just some short, chubby Mexican yelling on a mic, right? (laughs) This is the truth of God. And if you're listening and you're here, it was by divine purpose. You think you landed here by your own will. You think you landed here by your own strength. You think you got your your things playing, Dad. Yeah. Sorry. Better turn those hearing aids up, man. Are you serious? Oh, man, I'm sorry. I feel bad about my joke. 
dog chewed up his hearing aids. No wonder. I mean, I'm, I'm like, Jesus, are you speaking the word right now? It was your phone. <laughs> but listen to me. This is no lecture. This is no human being talking to you. You didn't get here on your own strength. You didn't tune in on your own will. The fact that you're even listening and still somebody is still saying, why am I so compelled? Because God has called you to this place, to this time, to open your eyes up to the truth. And I don't care what got you here. I don't care if you accidentally clicked the link, made a wrong turn, landed here. God said he has something for you. And you need to realize that this is this isn't me trying to conjure up emotional emotional responses this isn't me trying to have eloquent speech to try to get your attention this is god almighty showing grace to you spending all the time necessary to get you to this point to cause people to say yes to the calling so there could be a place to go to cause people to cry on their face week after week praying for somebody that would come to know the truth this is not an accident and when you walk like that, you can't even take it as one because you know the hours that God has called you to put in. So then you walk with a, a confidence like there is somebody that needs this today. So you think you're just here, but God is equipping you. Matter of fact, I feel so prophetic right now. He, he's equipping you. You don't even realize it. You don't even understand it because you're not mature enough yet to understand it. But God is depositing in you his word. And it might be five years or 10 years or 15 years, but there's going to come a time when he takes that word that he put in your heart and he sealed it in your heart. And as you mature, as you mature, God's going to bring it all together like a thread. And he's going to show you his ways separate from yours. And you will finally say, oh, I get it. Anybody who's been walking with God for a length of time, you look back and go, I was so foolish. I thought I knew. God is good. He's faithful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting in verse 3. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. If you want any type of weaponry, you want it to be God's. Amen. Not worldly weapons. And what are they used for? Look at what it says. To knock down, say knock down. In order to knock something down, it has to be standing, right? To knock down the strongholds, and watch the wording here, of human reasoning. This is power. Human reasoning. I, I can't stand it when somebody says, let's be reasonable, brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to have a fight. <laughs> or they say, but the Bible says to reason together, not as a human. Just add that right there. Not as a human. You reason together with God's mighty weaponry. I already feel the power of God, I'm telling you. To knock down this human reasoning, look, and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every, say every. Matter of fact, say we destroy every. We destroy every proud obstacle. You know what I started out with? I said, you can't war on behalf of someone else. 
unless you learn how to war on behalf of yourself. So if you read this scripture, watch this now. Let me start over. And instead of thinking of that person that you were thinking about when we were reading this, the other person who uses human reasoning, the one sitting next to you, right? The argumentative person next to you. Just point this at yourself. Because if you're not living and Christ is living in you, then Christ is talking to the dead person in you right now. Keep them dead. Don't let them come up and point next to you. You need to look inside. You are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. My human reasoning. As I preach as a man of God, I am not talking to just you. This word speaks to both of us. All of us. My human reasoning and to destroy my false arguments. You know what's scary about this? This warring is because you're in your own head. I can't jump in your head. When you leave here, I can't control the warfare you brought with you and you're leaving with. If the enemy comes to you and says, you know, I just think it was a little bit off human reasoning. But I just think it's a human reasoning. The moment you say, I think, cut it off. You need to let this think for you. People don't want to hear that. That sounds like brainwash. But, you know, you sounds like brainwashing. Uh, let's, let's reverse it. Yeah, you're washing your brain with the word of God. Wash it, Lord. I don't want to think anymore. I don't want to reason anymore when I have everything I need in this mighty weaponry. We destroy every proud obstacle. My pride can't help the next person take the speck. I don't take this plank, right? But it's possible to take the plank out. I just want to tell you. Because when you take the plank out, you look at your brother and sister, you go, man, let me help you with that. Because together, we're better. Amen? We destroy every proud obstacle. Watch what it is that keeps people from knowing God. Do you understand the weaponry you have? Look, if you're an artist, if you're a preacher, if you're whatever you think you are, your weaponry, your carnal use of the weaponry is pointless without the power of his weaponry. I don't care if I strum a guitar up here. There's no power in strumming if it's not to do this. Destroy the proud obstacle. If it's not to accomplish this. Look at what it it says. It says we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. My God. I have to slow it down. Because there's so many times we run through Scripture. We go, amen, amen, amen. And we don't walk away changed. We have to slow down. Especially if you had eight cups of coffee like Saul this morning. (laughs) Every word, I'm like this. I'm like, we, amen, are, amen, amen. (laughs) I'm just kidding. God is faithful. And so there's six things, six You should write this down 
You should, you should eat this up. You should, you should want it in you. You should be hungry for this so you can be satisfied. You should be thirsty so it's quenched. You should be ready. These six things are how we war in God's love. You ready? The first is truth. Truth. The second, righteousness. The third, peace. The fourth, faith. The fifth, salvation. And the sixth, the word. These are the six weapons of God. You know, some people would say, where's the love? That binds it all together. It binds it all together. Love is not separate from these six. But truth operates in its own. It does. It has its own power as much as faith does. They're still interwoven. But love is what binds them. Man, I feel like I should just give a crocheting glass or something. I just, should we just bind it all up? Love is what binds it all together. And you're going to see that in just a second. But I want to walk through some scripture with you. If you can go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If you've been walking with God for any length of time, you know this passage of text. It's the armor of God. It's the armor of God. So many times, if we're not walking in the spirit, we start walking in the flesh. We say, you've got to put on your shield of faith. And then we start saying what you have to do to have faith. Everything we do as believers is a response to what we've received. We don't do anything to get anything. We get everything to do everything. You understand? Stop working for it. Because it's already done. All you got to do is put it on. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all, you got to do is put it on. Amen. And it will do what it's created to do. You just got to wear it. Here's the problem. People don't like the, what it looks like. They're like, I don't wear skinny jeans. <laughs> it's not my style. That's what we say sometimes to, to God's word, its way, his power, his weaponry, his armor. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to go very quickly through the second half of Scripture, or the second half of this, this word here. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it says this. Are you there? A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor. Why? So that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. I just want to tell you something. You can't stand firm without it. If you don't put this stuff on, you will have a kink in your armor. If you don't put all of it on, you will be vulnerable to a strategy. Are you understanding me? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. There it is again. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. I'm going to go to 13, but I, I need to share this 
Josh, I hope you don't mind, but I have to share this testimony. What happened yesterday to Josh? After yesterday, me and Josh hung out. I was teaching him the ropes about the business that I have and showing him some things. We'll go to drop him off at home, and on the way home, he's like, you know, it was crazy. I woke up this morning, and I was just angry. If you guys don't know, Josh is a new believer, was an atheist, came to God, and now is radically changed. God is doing working in his life. It's the only reason why I can say this. I would not even share this if that wasn't sealed. God has done something. And he said, I woke up and I was basically I was bent. I was going to make a reason to justify this anger I had inside of me. And I went downstairs. And he said, out of nowhere, chills went through my body. And I wasn't angry anymore. Nobody coached him. Nobody told him that's even possible. Nobody said, hey, yo, this is going to happen to you. It was unexpected. He didn't do anything to get that. And he said, all of a sudden it was gone, and I just made some coffee. (laughs) Right? Am I saying it right? And he wasn't angry. See, the thing you have to understand about putting it on is first we... Oh, man, I feel... This word is for somebody. This word is for somebody. What I'm about to say, because I did not have plans to say this. And it's a basic word, but it's for somebody. You start out a child, a baby. And God has to clothe you. Hmm? What happens when you start getting older... You start picking out your own clothing. But when you're a child, God meets you like that. <sighs> let me take it away. Boom, let me put peace on you. Huh? Let me clothe you. Right? And I'm going to sum this up. You guys are going to think, well, that's a lot of steps. Just bear with me because Christ is awesome. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you know, like a child, you're like, you, you need to be changed. Right? The, the child don't care what they're wearing. If they're a boy and all you got are pink clothes, they don't care. Because they're not worried about what it looks like. They just know they're getting taken care of. Right? But we get older and it's like, I'm not wearing pink no more. <laughs> you know? And we like, I don't want, I, I think truth looks like this. I think peace looks like this. I, I like this kind of peace. Matter of fact, let's say it this way. I like this Jesus. You got too smart. The scriptures say the one who thinks they know doesn't know as they ought to know. You should probably just go back to being a baby for a bit. Some of us could use that. Some of us. Let me say it a different way so you don't think I'm challenging you. I need to do it every day. The only way that I can I can do this and look like a crazy person as a Christian is to go back to the fact that I don't know anything. Everything that I know is given to me by God. I I don't know anything. And if your pride doesn't allow you to see what I'm saying, that should say something to you about where you are. I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to share that. So let's continue reading. In verse 13, Therefore, put on every piece. Does it say some pieces or every? It's every piece of God's armor. So you will be able to resist, say resist. Have you ever tried to resist the devil without this? You know what I mean? 
It's like you're like a fly to a light or a bug to a light, right? You're like, I don't want to go there, right? I don't want to be that way no more, right? You ain't got no armor on. You can't resist unless you got this on. Huh? (laughs) My son, we're goofy, so he's probably picturing faces right now and everything, so. So you can resist. Say resist. Just, just, just take a moment. And say I gotta resist. You want to quit whatever it is? I gotta resist. I'm no longer a slave. I'm free. I gotta resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after, watch this. The battle. You will be. Standing firm. You want to stand firm? It comes after the battle. See, resistance comes before. And that resistance is going to be, you ain't standing. (laughs) You're being pulled and pressed and crushed and all kinds of stuff. But afterwards, has anybody ever been afterwards? Have you ever been afterwards? I just heard an afterwards this morning at the pre-word. Has anybody been afterwards? You, you're standing untouched. You're you're literally Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're not burned. You're literally Daniel in the lion's den. You're not eaten, and you're like. Because you had the armor on. Because you warred with his mighty weapons. Because you resisted. We don't rejoice in the right things, right? Tell me I want a raise and I'll rejoice. Tell me that I'll have a successful business and I'll rejoice. Tell me I'll live 80 years healthy with no sickness and I'll rejoice. Resist the devil! Rejoice! Then you'll stand firm. Rejoice! The love of God is not that side. It's the whole thing. It stands with all. Hallelujah! It stands with the one who looks successful and the one who looks like they're failing. It stands in your promotion and your demotion. In your freedom and in your slavery whether you're alive or you're dead, He stands. He doesn't bow before anyone. And no one tells Him what to do. He's God. You understand? You need to tell yourself that He's God. He's not just a God. He's God. He's not God all puny. God almighty. Not just mighty, almighty. Not just powerful, all power. This weaponry is already in place. Working for you who have been called. Laboring. For your awareness. Toiling for your sobriety. 
And I'm not talking about just from drugs. I'm talking about from life. Your self-seeking pleasure, drunkenness. He's warring and toiling for your sobriety. Therefore, put on every piece. Stand your ground in verse 14, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Yeah, I just got, just real quick, I got some good news for you. Oh, you're like, I'm not a reader. God will make you one. I, but I don't understand the scripture. God will give you understanding. But I, but God. I'm a walking, living, breathing testimony of that. You got to be prepared. And even on a greater scale, he gives you the Holy Spirit that teaches you all things. You won't lack a teacher because you'll have the great teacher, the librarian of life. He holds all the books. Somebody came to me and said, what about the book of Enoch? (laughs) The book of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) <laughs> he holds all the books. If, if you want to chase any lost books, ask God to show you the books that weren't written. It's impossible to know it all. He knows it all. The moment you say, but I, but God. Amen. Even for the proud. But I know that, but God. But God. Amen. Watch this. Verse 16. In addition to all these, hold the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Watch this. This is what I wrote. Number one, truth. I got some scripture references so we can kind of understand. Now, this is a lot. You're going to walk away from this. And you're not going to remember everything, especially if you're not taking notes or you're not going to listen back to the recording. It's a lot. It takes years of this over and over to get some of it. And even when you memorize the dang letter, God gives you more revelation. You don't ever really know it all. But I got good news for you at the end of this, even though it's a lot. God made a way. Where all of that is summed up in something so simple. Truth. John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching. I like repeating it because we've got to say it sometimes. Just say hold. That means you don't let it go. Ever. Ever. Philip said something when he was testifying last week. And he said, I was holding this iron gate. As the CPS worker was ripping me from it, literally made my hands bleed because what I thought was real, what I thought I knew was love was being taken away from me. I was, we should hold like that to what is true because, because this is worth holding to. Amen. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. How many times have you ever heard people say, 
you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But they don't talk about this part before. That you have to hold to his teaching. Can I give you just a little, a little, I'll give you a little insight here. You got to hold to the teacher. Because the teacher has his teaching. You need the Holy Spirit. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit holds where you cannot hold. Huh? This isn't talking about your flesh here. This isn't how we war. We don't war with fleshly holding in the flesh. We hold in the spirit. Amen? If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Watch this. Number two, righteousness. If you didn't know, this is like the worst psalm to scroll in your phone. You're going to get a thumb cramp. There's like 176 verses. I was like, oh, man, got to keep going. 172. <coughs> May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. So let me say this to you. Can you keep his commands? You know, oftentimes God gives us something so we can see how miserably we fail at it. So then we can depend on him and show us how he does it. So you can't hold to it. All you can do is surrender so the one who's holding to it can hold you to it. That's the truth. And hold you to his commands because who can truly fulfill it? Only Christ. Amen. We're about to get to that. Watch. Let's go to the third one. Peace. Colossians chapter one, verse 21 through 23 says this. Once you were alienated. Oh, man, I love this. I love this. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now. Say, but now, man, that's I love the word, but when it's used like this, he has reconciled you. You're no longer enemies. Should that bring you some peace? The only thing that brings fear is not knowing God. When you know God, you got this. It's called peace. Amen. It's just pieces of the armor. I'm going to show you again. Faith. First Peter chapter five, verse six to 10. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety, all your anxiety. Cast all your anxiety. That's like for the rest of your life, guys. So the next time you feel anxious, cast all your anxiety. Amen. You don't need to seek out a prayer service. You don't need to seek out a pastor. You don't need to seek out anybody. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Who's he? Jesus. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist. Say resist. Man. I just feel like we're in like a hot yoga class right now. You know what I'm saying? Then this way, I can't resist. <laughs> resist him. <laughs> Standing firm in the faith, 
Because you know, say, I know. Look at the comfort in this. I know that the family of believers throughout the world, and I would go as far as to say in all time, is undergoing or has gone through or will go through the same kind of sufferings. I'm not alone. Yo, look, my faith is I'm not alone. You should know that. That should build you up. Why are we here? It would be really sucky if I was here by myself, preaching to empty chairs. You know what I mean? It's better when you're not alone. It makes sense when you're not alone. It's stronger when you're not alone. Amen. I can think of Paul when I read this. I can imagine his suffering. And I go, well, that didn't happen to me. I didn't get shipwrecked. I didn't get imprisoned. I'm not beheaded. But he suffered. So if I'm shipwrecked, See, that's the thing. We don't want to be that. But that's the, the, the reality of it is we got the weaponry so that if it happens, if I'm shipwrecked, if I'm imprisoned, if I'm looking at being beheaded, let's say it a different way that's more relative. If I'm broke, if I'm sick in my body, if I'm chained, I have faith because others have overcome. God has brought others through. God has done for others what he'll do for me. Somebody has to say amen to that. That's why I say don't pray for a $2 raise and say, hey, what he does for one, he'll do for another. (laughs) Don't do that. When you're shipwrecked, what he did for Paul, when he landed on the island of Malta, when he was on his way to Rome, what he did for Paul, when he got bit by the viper after being shipwrecked, what he did for Paul when he didn't swell up and become poisoned and died, what he did for Paul when he used him to heal the, the, the ruler's son, what he did for Paul to finish the race. And I feel like I'm just preaching to, I don't know, how, I don't know how, this is, where, how far this is going, but I literally, as I'm preaching, I feel like it's just extending into generations. I just feel like this, that God is like, like through a person to their child, to the, I just feel like it's piercing generations and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ not who called you to a better earthly life not who called you to a a, whatever you want to fill in the blank here who called you to his eternal glory in Christ God may we love that more than anything may we love that after you have suffered a little while say after I've suffered a little while And that's not talking about a week. This verse right here is not providing weaponry in this faith to talk about your current circumstance. That's talking about your whole life. The little while, that is talking about your whole life. After you suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, stand firm and steadfast. He's saying eternally. This, this right here, this scripture, if you read it in other translations and other where, where, where people have done commentary on this, this is talking about your eternal life, that your existence is a little while. It's a vapor. And after you suffer just your vapor, your 80 years, your 50 years, your 20 years, your vapor, whatever that is, after you've suffered, endured this life, 
if you resist the devil, if you stand with this weaponry, oh, hallelujah. You'll be with my mom. You'll be with Paul. You'll be with Jesus. Forever. That's our faith. Do you think you can quench fiery darts with that kind of faith? Faith that says you can't steal my eternal hope. You might scar my body, but you can't take my spirit. I have faith. Amen. Salvation, Romans 5, 8 through 10. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. I love this. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Danica, this is awesome. Because what you shared this morning is just a fruition of God's love. While we were still alcoholics, adulterers, fornicators. Why we were still hateful. Why were we still rebellious? We were sinners. While we were still. This is why you can't forget where God brought you from. You can never stand up and say, you know, and I'm better than you. In your wording, in your attitude as a, as a believer. Because when you were still a sinner, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood. What does that mean? This weaponry. That means he has paid the payment of sin for all time. You might still be sinning and you might still be a sinner, but the blood of Jesus has paid your debt. I didn't say you were saved. I said your debt's paid. There's another judgment coming, but this debt's paid. Do you understand? How much more? Just take that in. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? If he did all that before, and now we're in the light, this weaponry of salvation, how much more? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. There was this door was open. The veil was torn. Huh? Now I can actually have it. I don't have to earn it. It's been done for me, right? How much more having been reconciled, having stepped into that ministry of reconciliation, shall we be saved through his life? If you realize that the salvation of Jesus is a weapon against the enemy, you're going to use it correctly. When's the last time you said, I'm saved, Satan? (laughs) Huh? I'm saved. But you're offering me doesn't match to the clothing I'm wearing. What you're trying to sew into this cloth, and if you've been walking with God, you know what parable I'm referencing. If you try to sew something into this, don't work. It doesn't take because I'm saved. My eyes have been opened. I can't unsee what I've seen. The word. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive. Say alive. And active. I know some of you guys are getting a sugar dump. (laughs) You don't feel so alive right now. You're like, man, say that after, you know, I get my nap. But the word of God is alive and active. I love this word active because it means with or without me. You know, with or without me, it's moving, it's active. It's, it's like what I felt when I was, I said, I felt like it just pierced through generations like that. 
It's active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to, to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Listen to this. It judges the thoughts. You ever find yourself in a situation with somebody who's telling you the word, right? And you thought they were judging you? Right? You thought they were ju- they were telling you the word. They could have been calm. Could have been loving. Could have even been kind, right? Gentle. But the moment it hit your earlobe and it entered your brain and, thro- and went through that process, you know, why are you judging me, man? Because the word judges your thoughts. It judges your thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Have you ever been in a service? Maybe even today and said, I feel like he's talking directly to me. It's the word talking directly to you. And it's judging your thoughts and it's judging your attitudes. What do you mean judging? Weighing, siphoning, sifting, however you want to say it. Maneuvering through in order that the truth may win out. See, the thing you need to understand is this. God's love wars. The way we war, we have to understand that his love is warring. I can't war for you if I don't know that he's warred for me. But it's not. See, here's the warfare, though. You've got to understand that who cares about the steps? It's for me, not against me. People think God is against them. Danica said something very powerful. She said, I used to think, God, if you're so loving, if you're so powerful, why am I going through this? Why why am I dealing with this? Anybody ever felt like that? That's because you thought he was against you, Danica. But she said, but it wasn't until he softened my heart. I realized as I give way to this thing, it's just, it's for me. It was, it's never been against us. It's always been for us. And when we say it, there's a lot that we went through today. There's, I'll, I'll keep that. There's a lot that we went through today in scripture. You can say to yourself, man, that sounds like a lot. There's a lot of good things you took away, right? A lot of good things that are adding to your life right now. But does it sound a little complicated? Does it sound a little complicated? It's a lot, right? You remember the first one? Probably couldn't quote it, right? It's a lot. But God did this thing in summing this whole body of armor. If you're not careful, you're going to try to do it and you're going to fail miserably. You can't walk in truth 100% of the time. You. You're not even truthful. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yourself, you can't do this. You can't be at peace. You needed somebody to walk in truth. For you. You needed somebody to, ha- to make peace for you because you couldn't make it with God. No matter the times they slaughtered animals, no matter the amount of times they went into the temple, no matter how many times they could, they did it year after year after year and they could not find peace with God. No matter how much you try to have faith, if you do it in your own strength, you can't do it. You'll come up short. Every one of these pieces of armor, you don't have the ability to produce it. If you could, that would make you God. But because you don't have the ability to produce it, God put it all on one man. Jesus Christ said very clearly, 
I came to clothe you. Isn't that amazing? That, that if you put on Christ, you put on the entire armor. You don't have to worry about if truth is lacking because he doesn't lack it. You don't have to worry. You don't have to walk and go, let me make sure my shoes are good because I need peace in my life because he has all peace. He's the prince of it. Jesus Christ is the armor of God. Say amen. That means if you're a baby in Christ and you say, yes, he's the Messiah and he comes in you, he also comes over you. He also gets your backside. He makes sure that the potatoes are mashed up so you don't choke when you're fed. You see, he takes care of you in the things you don't understand. When you're sitting there going, where's the peace? He is in full peace. And if you call on his name, what happens is what happened with Josh. It goes away. Why? Because you stopped trying to produce the armor of God. And you allowed it to be put on you. To clothe you, right? What does the scripture say? Let this mind be in you. That's also in in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 at the end of the verse, it says, but we have the mind of. So is it your mind? Who's the Prince of Peace? I just said it. Jesus, who is the truth? Who is our righteousness? Who has our salvation? Who is the word? Does it get any more clear that all you need is Jesus? Now you see why, Danica. When you said it and didn't even know you were preaching my, my message today that God gave me, you didn't know you were preaching it when you said, I didn't know all I needed was Jesus. When you said those words, you preached this entire sermon. Are you guys listening to me? Because it's not hard to put him on. And when you put him on, this entire word is on you. It's living and active. Amen? This is how we war in God's love. We wear it. You war in it because you're wearing it. His name is Christ. Amen? Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. It's grace, life, and truth. We thank you that we didn't come in here and leave empty. But God, we came in, some not even knowing what we were going to get, but now seeing that you had a plan the whole time. You've always wanted to make it about you. And it'll always be about you. Now all glory to God, who was able to keep us from falling away and will bring us with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. Is God good? I just want to take five minutes. Can we take five more minutes?
And I just want to get a couple takeaways. What did God speak to you? What did God stir in you? You can uh, stop the recording because a lot of times I don't.